Hey everybody, this is PJ Farley from Trickster, and you're listening to Thunder Underground. Welcome to episode 275 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here, and this week we've got PJ Farley from Trickster joining us. Our second member of Trickster. That's right. And our fourth member of the Blood, Sweat, and Beers tour. Right. As we... Yeah, right. Uh, yeah it is four. Yeah. Our understood uh, goal was to get every member of that tour, well, living member of that tour. Right. So, we're like a third of the way there, basically. You never know. But yeah, really cool to have PJ here on the podcast. We're going to talk about all this stuff coming up. But, of course, yeah. got to let you know that we are... Well, like we announced on the last episode, a brand new sponsor, Hella Hot Hot Sauce. I was thinking about that, like, after the fact, like, now we've got hot sauce, concerts, tattoos, and marijuana. Uh-huh. It's kind of like, all we need now is liquor or beer sponsor, right? Yeah, if someone's out there that wants to, you know, want to eat breweries or, <laughs> I, I don't know, we're not, we're not hipster enough for a lot of the breweries. Right. You know, so, I don't know. <laughs> And, and that's not a slight on any of them. I no. like to frequent a lot of them, as we all know. Yeah. But I don't know. That might be a hard sell to those dudes. <laughs> but I was, yeah, I was thinking all those things go together, you know, in the rock yeah, world. right. <laughs> but Hella Hot Hot Sauce is based out of the San Francisco Bay Area. They make small batch artisan hot sauces. It's a mom and pop style business. A husband and wife team that run it and bottle it and do everything. And they've teamed up with some people in the rock world like we've had on our podcast, Florida Frank. They've got a new one coming out, Florida Frank's Florida Heat. They did one with Ghoul a while back called Brain Jerk. You can find all this stuff at hellahotsauce.com. Follow them on Facebook. All that great stuff and tell them we sent you. Sunset Tattoo. Right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They're located at 3146 East 15th Street. They've got 25 plus years of experience doing tattoos that are done good and proper. They're state licensed. They're mother approved. A lot of pictures you can check out on our Facebook or their Instagram at Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. They do great work. And we are very happy to have them on here as well. So if you give them a call or send them an email, you can find out a time that set up, or excuse me, set up a time to get in there and talk about what work you need done. Med Farm. Dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. So I just started thinking, like you mentioned, four of them. It's kind of getting lengthy, huh? Talking about all this right? stuff. Right. I mean, you're going to have to, you're going to yeah. have to jost it or you're going to have to, <laughs> you know, pull a Jericho. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe coming up soon, we'll do that. Like <laughs> cut in like right before the interview and say, we're also sponsored by Med Farm. Right. In the meantime, we'll just tell you here up front again that Med Farm is located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, 24683 East Highway 51. They've got a drive-through, which is very cool for a dispensary. You can text or call in your order, and then just drive through and pick it up. They've got a huge selection. Hit them up on Leafly.com to see all their product. MedFarmOK.com is their website. That's spelled P-H-A-R-M. You can also find them on Instagram at MedFarmOK and on Facebook MedFarm. Cannabis with a cause is their slogan because thirty percent of their proceeds are going to build no-kill animal shelters, which is. An extremely great cause, and we're very happy to be a small part of that. So get over to Med Farm and tell them we sent you. And finally, DEB Concerts, promoter right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's brought a ton of great stuff to downtown Tulsa. Most everything right now is 
kind of at a standstill or being rescheduled, but they do have some stuff coming up August 15th. We've got two Tulsa area bands, Dead Metal Society and Rocket Science that will be playing the Ideal Barroom. And then looking forward into October on the 23rd, LA Guns will be making their return to the Ideal Barroom. And once they announce openers, we'll let you know that. LA Guns has been out there a couple of times. We interviewed them once when they were there. So looking forward to that as well. And hit them up at dbconcerts.com for ticket info. And on Facebook as well to be up to date on any changes or rescheduling and all that stuff as well. So huge thank you to DEB Concerts. All right. Let's play some music. Agony Incorporated out of Arkansas has a brand new single. And this is called Keeping Score.
There you go. Agony Incorporated out of Arkansas with their brand new single called Keeping Score. Very glad to be able to play that. We played another one of their songs last year. Looking forward to what these guys got coming up. They've got members of Scorned in that band as well. Killer guitar solo on that, I thought. Great vocals. So, And they've mentioned on their Facebook as well that they've got shows to be announced as soon as all that can start happening. So be on the lookout for that and give them a follow on Facebook or Bandcamp or wherever you follow bands at. We've got to talk about this Seven Dust uh, cover. Oh, man. Because we have not yet. Right. Came out a little under a couple weeks ago. They just posted that they had some kind of announcement on Friday or just said this Friday. And then on Friday, they released their cover of Sound Gardens the day I tried to live. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty, well, I know you've said that you love it as well, right? Oh, it's great. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. Were you going to? Oh, I mean, I don't know what I was, I was just, I'm going to, if I start talking, I'll probably just like fanboy all over this thing. Well, you know, (laughs) it's, it's just such a, uh, it's one of those covers that comes along that just, I, I don't know. I, I don't really know the right word. It's just that feeling. Uh, you know, it, I'm, I sound totally fucking corny and shit. <laughs> but it's kind of, you know, that when you hear Anthrax do Cowboy Song or something, um, and just how glorious that is. It is like so fucking Seven Dust, this, this cover. But at the same time, it's so... So honors the the original and sticks to the original format. I I, I don't I I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean it's uh and and it's not because I don't give a fuck. I just don't know what else to say about it. It's just like one of those. <laughs> I don't know. What, how else can you describe it? I mean, it, it's such a covers are such a, a fine line, and you know you, you can you can do it. You can do it. You can stay true to the original. Or you can totally like change it up and completely rearrange it and make it your own. And either way, it, you could shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it over and over and over again throughout the years. If we really went into it, we'd be here all goddamn night. <laughs> so I just don't know uh, what better words to say than it's. I mean, I don't know. The stars lined up for. Uh, I, I, I kind of thought and maybe it still will i just kind of thought it'd get them a little bit more you know of a pop i mean i heard eddie trunk talk about it and how great it was and but i mean this is something in in these times this is something really to hold you know hang your hat on yeah i mean they they just they fucking knocked it out of the park i I hope and i would think that there was like um you know in the studio when they were doing it or you know in the rehearsal room when they were trying to get it together and i can't help but think there had to been some kind of like feeling of magic, yeah. you know, yeah. like, you know, Chris, Cor- Chris Cornell's spirit was in the room or some, you know, horking fiber chunk spiritual shit. I don't fucking know, <laughs> but I mean, it just, it just really, it really checked all the boxes as they say. Yeah. And that's, and I'll turn it over to you. Well, no, that's like a good point when you say that it just had that feeling where, you know, you don't hear. You hear covers sometimes, you're like, oh, that's cool, that's great, and you listen to it a few times, but it doesn't, like, I don't know, like, when I heard that, I'm like, holy shit, and I listened to it, like, three or four times in a Mm -hmm. row, and then since then, I've listened to it probably 10 or 15 more times in the past week and a half, 
And it's almost like, like you said, you knew, you know, everything that's going to happen in this song, but it felt new, mm-hmm. which is like exactly. the mark of a great cover. Right. And yeah. you, like you mentioned, you could either stay true or it can completely change it up. Soundgarden, I mean, Seven does somehow fit right in the middle mm-hmm. there because it sounds, yep. It sounds like the day I tried to live, but it, like you said, it sounds like Seven Dust. Right. And you can't, there's very few people that could cover Chris Cornell. I mean, there's a lot of great singers that could cover a Cornell vocal and do good, but there's very few people that could do it and do it justice and make right. it their own the way LeJean did. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, you can't, uh, you know, you can't really fuck with Chris Cornell. Yeah. And, and so to, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just like, wow. Yeah, they're just like, watch this, motherfuckers. <laughs> right. I mean, really. I mean, the, and you're right. Uh, Lejean Witherspoon just nails it, and he 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 fucking lives and breathes every part of this song, and he does it justice, and he honors it, and he doesn't even sound like Chris Cornell, and he's not trying to. And I don't know, man. Fuck it. It's just it's wow. It's just fucking great. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, Chris Cornell is absolutely one of my favorite singers. This is my favorite. This is the best song on Super Unknown. I don't care what people think. Black Hole Sun or Fell in Black Days or whatever. This is the song from that album to me. And Seven Dust is one of the best bands of the past 20 years. Right. And so for them to do this is like just perfect to me as a fan. I agree. I agree. With all that being said, check that out if you haven't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And another thing to kind of parlay into the PJ Farley stuff is they quarantine with the K recently released Heart of Chrome. That was with, a good one. Yeah, with Bruce Kulik in tow. And that was very cool. And that's another thing we've talked about many times. It's revenge is, you know, in my opinion, one of the two greatest kiss albums and definitely the best non makeup kiss album. And for them to cover something off that was very cool, and uh, you know, have Bruce Kulik in tow as well. Yeah. So check those out if you haven't. They also did no. Oh, did you? Yeah, did, I forgot to ask you. Did you see that? No, 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 has charted on the mainstream rock billboard. Really? Chart? Wow. That's that's cool. Yeah, that's what I thought was crazy. Yeah, that's great. I don't know if it was PJ or Chris Jericho. Someone post posted that it was like, I can't. When I saw it the other day, it was like fifty something on the mainstream rock chart. Wow. But just for someone to do a one of these quarantine style zoom covers and it to a chart on billboards like crazy to me. So I wouldn't be surprised if that starts happening a little more uh, going forward. Times like these, man. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking nuts. Anything could happen. We know that. That's right. Well, PJ Farley has some solo stuff he's working on. We talk a lot about that raw. He's been a part of them for almost 20 years now. I think 18 years. And, of course, Trickster now for over 30 years. And, like, we kind of joked up front about the Blood, Sweat, and Beers tour. That was our first concert we ever saw. Right. So Trickster was definitely the first or the second band, I guess, we ever saw. It was a rock band because they went on after Firehouse. So this is one of those ones that, you don't want to sound cheesy, but, you know, these this is like, this was our youth. And this is very cool to be able to talk about this kind of stuff. Near and dear to our hearts. Yeah. Well, let's jump into it. Here's PJ Farley. Hey, 
is it? Um, how has it been so far? You, I mean, you guys like everyone else have been kind of at a stay home. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, you know, March and April were definitely, you know, a little bit more critical. Um, I was out of work pretty much all of April, but I'm back to work, so it's kind of slowly opening back up, and then, uh, you know, this weekend with Trump coming and all that, it's. You know, uh, everyone's kind of descending upon the city, so it's getting kind of crazy again. <laughs> Everything's kind of boarding up. <laughs> Rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's what's going on with us. So, right, yeah, we're, just, we're, we're starting to open up here. We can eat outside at some places now as of Monday and, uh, you know, enjoying some sort of regular civilian life. Well, how have you been – handling it, I guess, on a personal level the past couple months. Um, it's funny. It's, it's um, The strangest thing about it is that this is the longest I've gone without playing a show since, like, 1992, I think, when I was on that heavy record tour cycle, then break, record, tour, break, record, tour, break, you know? Um, ever, maybe Maybe... 94 95 or something like that and ever since then i've been playing just non-stop live all over you know the place and uh never had a break for three and a half almost was it what month is june yeah so no shows and it's gonna pretty pretty much be four months before my next one so that's a that's the first time in you know 20 years or so that's happened. But aside from that, it's been great, actually. You know, I've been really productive and getting to do all the shit that I never, you know, that I would always put off and, uh, you know, stuff that I never knew I wanted to do and just learning and playing and creating and being productive, actually. It's been cool. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a ton of stuff done that I've put off forever, so it's been nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you recently... You know, you announced that you've got Accent the Change coming out here soon. Do you have a, a date on that, or is that still in the works? Not yet. We're kind of in the process of doing that now. I mean, I'm thinking it's, I really should just be wrapping it up within the next two weeks, having it mastered and everything, um, then, you know, uh, manufacturing all that stuff and get it put on a schedule. I'm thinking probably end of August, early September. Okay. Earliest, Yeah. You know. Everything got pushed back a little bit, but uh, it's all right. If it's good, it don't matter when it comes out. Right. <laughs> well, you're doing this with High Vol Music. Like, what's that experience been like working with them? Um, it's great. You know, um, Bill is old friend of mine, and um, you know, he's been around for many years, and he's very passionate about music and the product that he puts out, and. You know, he's he's kind of definitely stepped up his game a little bit with um, High Vol. Um, and he's kind of going all guns a blazing with it. So that's encouraging to, you know, it, that's the kind of people I want to be with. I want to be with people who are fired up and passionate and uh, willing to make moves and, you know, make stuff happen, really. And he's he's got his hands in a bunch of different things. I mean, he's really making it happen. You're playing all the instruments uh, besides bass, or if it is bass, you know, what do you think is, what do you feel that you're strongest at so far? 
Um, well, ironically, this record, some of the songs I did everything on, um, but probably almost half of it, I had, you know, I, I'd have to have someone else. I had someone else play drums, someone else play guitar. Um, you know, I kind of like, I was go back the first record. I did everything myself just out of necessity. Really. I was just, I was there. I didn't feel like waiting for anyone else or calling anyone else at the time. I was just in a groove. And then, you know, this time it's been so spread out and I, I kind of wanted different feels and, you know, other, you know, people on it. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I don't have to do everything myself this time. So, um, so like I did, I've been working with my singer from the band Raw that I'm in. He's produced a couple songs and he did a lot of the, uh, music on it. I mean, um, and, uh, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, it depends on what I'm doing. I mean, some of like guitar, I play guitar. I play guitar many, many, many years. Um, I play it well enough to write on and like, I know the parts I can structure guitar parts and riffs and guitar, you know, easy melodic guitar solos and, you know, execute them within a you know certain degree of uh, proficiency. But, um, if I have another guitar player available, I'll certainly use that guitar player. Um, but when I write a song, I, you know, I, I do a rough demo and then I work out parts, you know, I work out other parts. I'm like, all right, pre-chorus here. What am I hearing? And it's kind of tinker around and I write parts really. I mean, I'm not a shredding guitar player by any chance. Um, and, uh, and I don't need to be, you know, I just want to get what I hear in my head out. And as long as I can do that, I'm good. And drums, same thing. You know, I'm very simple, simple man, you know, boom, cha, boom, cha, you know, <laughs> But, but I know the feel and I know the beat, I know the changes, I know the accents. And, you know, as long as it's not too complicated, like there's a couple of things on this record that I knew would take me too long to get right, if at all. And, you know, not without an editing nightmare, you know. So I would just have somebody else do it and get it done right because I can. Yeah. You know, I don't have to, I don't have to do everything myself. So. Well, you mentioned a couple of songs, but are you self-producing some of these songs, or are you, is there someone producing every song? Um, pretty much. I mean, I'm producing the whole record because okay. essentially a producer knows all the songs, the parts, and the pieces and everything. I mean, um, yeah, aside from the songs that I do with Sahaj Tikkadin from Ra, um, I did like four songs with him. Um, I really let him do his – I mean, obviously I wrote the songs. I knew – what I was hearing, but I really kind of let it, gave him the freedom. And I said, you know, you know what I'm going for here, do it, you know? Um, so he was definitely a, you know, a, a co-producer in that sense in a big way. So, um, but you know, a lot of the other stuff, I, if it's songs, especially the ones I played every note on, you know, obviously that's me and, uh, and anything else is really just kind of engineering help. Whereas I was producing and, you know, I had people working Pro Tools rigs and engineering and, you know, doing stuff that that are better than me at, you know, getting sounds and all that stuff. That's not really my strong suit as of yet. I can do the basic form, but I just don't have the patience for troubleshooting when it comes to, like, really getting into the nitty gritty of 
getting tones and recording and, you know, all that stuff. And I just don't have the background in it. So I get somebody who really knows what the hell they're doing. And it goes a lot quicker when you do. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be the parts. I know the song. Let me do that. And you, you know, make sure you get the sounds that I want and get, you know, get the good take. Well, um, you know, cr- creatively, when when do you when do you know? Okay, that's stop. That's good. Or when do you know? I need I need something else here. Um, really, never. <laughs> <laughs> Not until it's it's out. Because yeah. I mean, the longer it sits, the longer you go. You know what? I think I need to fix this, or I need to add that. I should put a harmony here. Um, you know, when you first write a song you could tell when you have it, like just me and an acoustic guitar. When I write the songs, I go, all right, I'm, I'm good. I got the lyrics, got the magic melody. I got all the changes. I'm good. Now I'll go in and I'll, I'll do a rough demo and kind of build the guitar parts. And, you know, once it really starts taking shape, when all the parts fall into place and, and you're know, all right, then you leave a little bit of room of element of surprise for the studio see what comes up then and then a little bit for whoever I'm working with to say, Hey, you know, you hear anything, you know? Um, but for the most part, once the song is written, then, you know, you know, that's the hard part. Once the song, then you go, all right, now the fun begins, you know, recording and tracking it, you know, messing with sounds and whatnot. But really, if you're just singing it and playing it on an acoustic guitar and you can start it and finish it and it's got a good dynamic, a good build, then you know you're pretty much done with the song as far as it, it can composition. Then you just gotta paint it. You've been doing this long enough that you've been in different eras of the music business and the way things are handled recording. And like now, it's a lot easier to be able to do something like this on your own than it would have been back in the '90s. Like, do you appreciate the fact of the way it is now, or do you miss like the old school way of going so- into the studio? No, totally. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not a purist in the sense that you know. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I get. I get. I miss. All right. All right. Here we go. We're going to the studio for three months or two months or whatever it is, and really just that twelve hours a day, just really right. kind of. The, I don't miss the getting beat up part and the exhaustion part. I miss the focus. You're so hyper focused on one thing. The outside world doesn't exist anymore. You guys are in the studio. You're working on this, you know, giving birth to this egg, you know, and nothing else in the world matters. And there's such a beauty to that. All distractions gone. And you're just like this. I miss that part of it. But I, I mean, the convenience of recording now is now, nah, man, hands down. That's a, it's a gem. It's a, it's a gift. Um, it, it helped in so many ways. I mean, I, I mean, I'm old school in the sense that I don't like to just go, you know, I like to get a real natural take on something as much as, you know, I can. That's, that's the old school mentality. Whereas people today are just like, I play that guitar part. Cool. Got it. Fly that in. Do the next part. Got it. I'll paste that in. It's like, I don't necessarily like that aspect. That's a little cold um i do like walking out of a session going all right i worked today you know i I feel that you know a little tired and beat up a little bit you know after one day you know (laughs) 
you know, but I mean, I like that feeling of having, you know, like, all right, I worked today. I got that. Not just laying it out. We'll fix it. We'll copy and paste it and stuff. I mean, I've done that, but I mean, it's not ideal. You don't abuse those, those kind of, you know, tools. I just don't feel like I walk away going, like I've done sessions where I'm like, all right, he's got everything he needs, he said, but I don't feel, I'm not exhausted. I'm not drained. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't feel like, like I could have done it. I could have, I could have been there no longer. I could do it again. Put me in again. You know? <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, no, dude, it's great. I got it. I got it. You're good. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> well, you mentioned, you mentioned Ron and just this past week, you guys announced that you're working on the next album. Is that some like is that in just the very beginning stages where, or songs been written? What's the, the status on that? Yeah, we have a we have a, about a handful of songs written. We have, I think, three now recorded, and um, we'll start tackling that. I think in August. I think um, singer lives out in Indiana now, and so I think I'll be going out there, and you know, doing that record, working on that one. And that's hopefully, I think. Looking put a single out maybe October, November, with a record coming out maybe January. That's the preliminary schedule. That'll all change. Right. Yeah. Yeah, with with everything going on, is, is that something you, you guys hope to do live shows with? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely get back out there and you know. We played we did our first show back in like six years. We did ship rocked this year. And uh, it was like a, just a breath of fresh air. It was just, we did two shows on the boat and it was just awesome. I mean, we really got got the bug. So it was really cool. So we're definitely going to be doing some touring. And touring, I think, on this record, uh, not long stretches, but the last record we put out in 2014, maybe? I don't know. Uh, maybe. Uh, we did like, two weeks of touring or something like that. And that was it. And even before that, we would, you know, go out for two weeks and we'd be off for two months and go out for like 10 day runs and here and there. But I think we're going to go out and like do a support act tour, say three, four weeks, maybe max three weeks, maybe then take a break, go out, do another support run, um, maybe a headline run, but you know, do a little bit more, get out there a little bit more. Well, having that much that much time off between shows was there? Did it feel natural? Like the shows went off perfectly? Or did you guys have time to rehearse and all that? Um, not really. No rehearsals. Wow. <laughs> um, every once in a while, maybe uh, we did manage to get for Shiprocked after. You mean is that what you're talking about? Yeah, First show I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, no, we we I think we got we played through the set maybe two and a half times and under really kind of poor scenario like we had in-ears that kind of really weren't working and um kind of tough to hear each other no vocals um but you know we just kind of went through the songs and we're like how it all come together live and it did miraculously it's not to say that like our 10th show into a tour that it all won't fall apart because it very well could but i mean uh we got lucky on the boat so we'll take that. It's a good. It's a good sign. The stuff you do with Raw and your solo stuff and Trickster and Eric Martin is all different from each other. Do you approach 
that different when you're playing with raw? Like since it's a lot different from your the the other stuff, or is it just kind of the same natural? Yeah, I mean it, it's not so much a different approach. I mean my approach is always go in, give your best, and have the best time you possibly can. You know, so the approach is always the same. Um, it's definitely a different, you know, the different genres. So there's different different feelings. I mean, um, there is that kind of, you know, when we play with Trickstore, Eric, you know, we're playing to a certain genre, a certain crowd, demographic, you know, and that brings a different feel in, in some kind of intangible way than it does when you're playing for like a new, more modern, current crowd that's, you know, maybe a little bit younger and fired up. And um, it's very cool for me. It's the best of both worlds. You know, I get to play for everybody. You know, I get to play, you know, for all these active rock radio festivals and stuff to just, you know, people that are just starting to bubble um, fresh new blood and, you know, kids out at rock concerts and then I play for people who have been there with us for years enjoying it and really appreciating it and appreciating a catalog and a, 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 such a genre um, with such history that I really get I get a, a really um, unique perspective and I'm really lucky to be able to get that wide spectrum but no answer your question the, the approach is the same okay Speaking of Eric Martin, I mean, you're obviously an accomplished bass player, but Billy Sheehan's kind of known as one of the greatest bass players ever. Is any of his stuff that you play, was it at first, was it complicated or is it stuff fairly, you know, across the board? I don't know. I'm not a bassist, so I couldn't really. <laughs> In my sleep, I learned that shit, right? Now. Okay. No, I mean, look, I, I, I play those stuff and it was great, man, because I mean, I grew up with I grew up loving Billy and, you know, just being, you know, just kind of perplexed by him. Um, so it was a challenge and an honor, you know, to be able to at least attempt, you know, and still is uh, to attempt some of the songs. I definitely kind of dumb it down a little bit. I get some of the bullet points. Billy plays a lot. He plays a lot. And he's just, he's just such a master, just a savant, just, well, it's just, you know, you see him play. He's all over the place, and I, that's not how I play, but I can, you know, I get the bullet points, and I get, like, you know, the stuff that counts, you know, I mean, everything he plays counts, and it's, but, you know, some of those riffs and some of those tapping things, that, and I was never a tapper, but it, you know, playing the Mr. Big catalog got me on, on that kick, so, which was kind of cool, because I never did that before, you know, um, and, you know, some of the learning some of those things were really cool. It was, um, you know, it, but it's, I practice it all the time and try to get it better and better. There's no chance I'll ever sit back and do a show and go, Oh, I got this stuff now. <laughs> I can always play better to do Billy some sort of justice. So, uh, yeah, no, there's no rest on learning just, those um, songs. Yeah. J just like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but do you primarily play with a pick? Um, no, I, okay. honestly, I mean, Trickster, playing with Trickster, I always played with a pick. I see. Um, but, um, no, I, I play, it's 50, 50, it's whatever the gig calls for. Raw, I always play, I've never played with a pick with Raw. Okay. Um, with Eric, I don't play with a pick, um, except for when we do some of the Trickster songs. You know, even some, one or two of the Trickster songs, I'll play with my fingers. Um, 
But um, yeah, with Billy playing Billy stuff, now I gotta play with my fingers there, and Ra is all fingers, and uh, so you know, I mean, that's a cool thing too. You know, I, I get, I'm always working on, you know, because it's apples and oranges, playing with a pick and playing consistently and getting good tone, good technique with a pick. You know, takes a while, um, and so does playing with your fingers. So it's. I'm fortunate enough to have been doing both of those, you know, for a long, long time. So, you know, whatever, kind of, I can kind of say whatever the gig calls for, you know. Right. It'll right. sound better with a pick. Play with a pick. Like, you play, you know, um, uh, let's say, just take my heart, you know, with your fingers. And, you know, I wouldn't play Ace of Spades with my with with a, with my fingers. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I always say that. <laughs> but if somebody hired me to play spades, I play with the pick. Right. <laughs> well, well, uh, you know that's a a good transition into you know the Eric Martin thing. And the one thing I kind of always thought was really cool was that not only did you guys do Mister Big stuff, you did Trickster stuff, and uh, you know I like that everybody was open to doing both things. And and kind of how did that come about? All his idea, man. I mean, yeah. we did this. This whole came about. I mean, we've known Eric for almost thirty years now. But he had this tour booked in Japan, and he needed a band to play with him. So he called me and Steve, and we got a drum. Um, he's like, man, we should do, we should do like, because he's always been a big fan of ours, believe it or not. He's like, and uh, he's always just a, he's he, he always has been. I mean, it's, it's great. So he's like, we should do some trickster stuff, man. And even like the bands that Steve and I had in between tricks. Band called Forty Foot Ringo. Um, he loved that band too, and my solo record. He loves that, so he's like, "And we should do your song, like one of your songs of your record, and do Forty Foot Ringo song. Let's have fun. Let's play all this stuff." So, I mean, I went into it like, "We'll just be his backing band. That's fine. We'll play whatever." And he was like, "No, nah, man, let's do it all." He wanted to do all that stuff. Yeah, all him. <laughs> also, you got this quarantine thing going on. Quarantine with a K. Yeah. And right. I was kind of curious is like when this first came, the first song came out in May, it was kind of, this is a Chris Jericho thing. You know, it was kind of like he was the kind of face of it. And then the second song came out and you're the only person in that's on both songs. So like, is this kind of like a rotating cast of characters or how's that going to work? Um, the second song was with, are you talking about Mr. Speed? Yeah. That we did with the mess. Well, that was with a totally different band. That was, um, ironically, that was with Joe from Quarantine on guitar and vocals, but it was Charlie Benante from Anthrax on drums and John Five from Rob Zombie, the, the, uh, the guitar solo. So that wasn't Quarantine. Oh, that yeah. was 70s Kiss. <laughs> Quarantine with a K is strictly Bruce Kulick era Kiss. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. So, Quarantine awesome. does have our new single coming out um, next Friday. 26th, I think. Okay. Have you announced so, that what song that's going to be, or is that a surprise? Heart of Chrome. Heart of Chrome. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> right on. Yeah, but, that's yeah. That's my favorite. <laughs> that's my favorite Kiss album. So I'm looking and forward. A lot of people's favorite non-makeup Kiss record, and Bruce Kulick is on it with us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, nice. That's, yep. that's great. Well, um, on the Mister Speed, I, I just I loved the part uh, where you lifted up your shoe and it was the it was Gene Simmons' boot. That was fucking perfect, dude. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you go, man. <laughs> Love it. Always prepared. <laughs> I liked also, ironically, that um, 
me and John Five both started the video like this, holding the kiss pickup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, I, it's so funny because I happen to have about 150 kiss picks from the Revenge Tour that we did with them. But also I have 70s vintage kiss picks. And so John pulled out a, a vintage 70s kiss uh, ace pick. And I have my, I didn't, I have those wrapped up in like cellophane. Like I didn't want to open them up. So I'm just using my revenge picks that I literally use on gigs. Like they're all over my house and my washing machine. And stuff. Like, oh, Paul Stanley, they're everywhere. That's great. <laughs> Speaking of that revenge tour, I mean, you've probably been asked this a million times, but like, like going into that, what was that experience like as like, what were you 18 to 20 at that point? I mean, just to be able to go with one of the biggest bands of all time on tour like that. I think it was 19. Yeah, I think it was 19 going into that. 19, maybe maybe just 20. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I grew up with Kiss being my, you know, kind of biggest influence. So getting that tour was uh, huge. It was like, boom, that's it. We did it. This, you know, bucket list. <laughs> right. This is probably the million dollar question that you also probably get asked a lot, but what's the current status of Trickster? I mean, is there, can we expect anything in the future? I hope so. Um, I don't know. I mean, we have, we don't have anything going on now. I mean, it's kind of tough because Pete, our singer, he's, he really can't commit to anything. He's, you know, he's, he's working, he's got a regular job back at home. And, you know, he said, you know, his words are, you know, I can't really commit to anything. And even if I could commit to anything, I don't know when I could commit to it, you know? So it's kind of hard to, you know, book anything, you know, with, you know, the four of us, it's, uh, um, it's kind of tough. I mean, who knows, you know, you never say never things change all the time. Um, so who knows? I mean, ideally we like, you know, the guys to get together and play. That's what we do. But, uh, you know, We'll see one day at a time. Right. Right. Well, you know, five, it's been five years since human era and we, we really enjoyed that record. And, uh, Thank you. What, what are your thoughts looking back and how, how do you think it's, uh, how do you think it's aged in five years? I think it's, I think it holds up pretty well, actually. I think, I think that record could come out today yeah, and, right. you know, you wouldn't go, this record sounds like it came out five years ago, you know? Um, so I think, in that aspect, I mean, it's only five years, but I mean, I think that could definitely come out today and even next year and the following year. I think it's got a, it's just a pretty timeless pop rock record. You know, I mean, it's uh, I don't think it really has an expiration date. Um, and I think it's, could be, you know, maybe our, uh, maybe our best record or at least one of them. I mean, um, we're really proud of it. And, uh, uh, it kind of took us by surprise because we weren't really prepared to do a new record. And then Frontiers asked us to do one. So we just kind of, you know, Steve had a couple songs written. I had some ideas. And, you know, before we knew it, boom, here's a new record. Go figure. And we're like, this is fucking good. This came out. So, I mean, yeah, it's cool. And it got, got really good responses. So, um, yeah, we're proud of it. And now we're, you know, we're still doing stuff that's, you know, Steve just released, you know, Tokyo Motor Fist, yeah. his new record, which is some of the best stuff he's done. 
you know, for sure. And, um, you know, I'm really excited about my new record. I think it's hands down the best stuff I've done. It's uh, really um, come together like kind of deep breath, exhale, like, wow, this shit's really, you know, I think I got it here. I think I got it right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to hearing that. Both of us, our first show that we ever went to was uh, the Blood, Sweat, and Beers tour in 91. Yeah, that was our first show. Yep. No way. 14-year-olds. So, (laughs) I mean, looking back on that tour, do you have any good memories or stories from that tour? A lot of them. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of them. Um, Yeah, well, I got... Everybody liked that tour. (laughs) Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, this trickster, blood, sweat, and beers, 1991 British Choice Awards. Um, it's a that was a tour, man. That was just like a cookout of the summer, basically. The three bands just day one got along so well. It was just like we were one big band, one big crew, one big party all summer long. It was like no egos. It was. It was just, you know, it was the tour most bands want to be on, put it that way. That's the way all tours should be. Yeah. And um, we actually just did uh, Jericho's podcast, Talk is Jericho. Me, Steve, Eric Turner, and uh, Bill Leverty from Firehouse. And just all about the Blood, Sweat, and Beers tour. We'll have to check that out. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I don't know when that's released, but uh, it's coming out soon, I think. But, yeah, we just kind of reminisced and um, talked about how cool it was. And, you know, just definitely one of the best summers of my life. Well, you know, I I was going to say, I mean, it's definitely the case, I think, with Trickster. But, you know, all all of your stuff that you've done is, um, it seems like, you know, there's a lot of stuff, you know, that was you know, you were lumped in with uh, more of the image bands, but you guys never were. And it's always been more about the music. And, you know, I wondered if you, if you'd ever kind of, did you ever think that yourself? And I mean, how did you navigate those waters? Um, I always thought it was ironic that we got lumped in with a image, typical image hairband. Meanwhile, exactly, yeah. we yeah. started the fucking flannel trend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. We had our own image. Right? We had long hair. That's it. <laughs> That's all. And we were, you know, cute, <laughs> cute young boys. And we had our own fucking image. I, I always use this line that I always used to describe grunge. I said, we had such a cool image that the fucking 90s grunge band took our flannels and hung us with them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there. Well, well, you know, when we, uh, were, when we were coming up researching and come, trying to come up with questions, that's kind of one of the things I thought was exactly what you just said. It's like, I remember the posters of the boots and the flannel and the Metallica shirts. And I'm like, they were, you guys did that before anybody fucking did. I remember we were like, what, the first time I saw it actually, Guns N' Roses was the first band to have a flannel in their video. We were, it was dial in TV. And I think Trickster was still on dial in, uh, on the countdown. And uh, I think Don't Cry and Shannon Hoon and Axel were wearing flannels. And Shannon Hoon himself, even gave trickster props. One day I met him and he's like, Oh, you guys were wearing the flannels first. We know. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you recognize that. And then, you know, that 
user illusions era was right in between the trickster Warren kind of, and then right in that gap of Nirvana Soundgarden, And then that's when boom, it was all flannel from there. Right. But Axel, we know. <laughs> yeah. Well, another, another show I wanted to bring up was uh, rock, Oklahoma 2008. I don't know if you remember this, but you guys were the band on stage <laughs> whenever that storm was rolling in. I was just wondering if you remember that, what that experience was like seeing that off in the. I remember going. I remember going. It's our first show back in 13 years. I knew we shouldn't have fucking put this band back together. We're gonna die here. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it! Knew it. I remember walking out on stage and looking to the right and seeing a cloud in the distance. I'm like, all right, it's far enough. I'm just cloud black, but it's cool. And then, with inside of 20 minutes, I just felt cold wind and like those clouds were close now and i'm like whoa gust of wind i'm like holy this but it starts raining and everyone's still out there i'm like if you guys are out there i'm staying out here then all of a sudden pete's mic stand went right off the stage and then before i knew it i literally someone came out picked me up and brought me off the stage and and they're like get off the stage tornado the stage is closing i had a retractable front i mean you guys know it and the second stage collapsed they said and at first we had just finished like somebody died on the second stage like what eddie trunk comes over he goes somebody just died on the second stage it's the first thing i heard when i got off stage i'm like holy shit and then we were literally trapped on the stage they closed the front and then they closed the back door so we're just in the stage like waiting i'm waiting for a pickup truck to come flying into this thing (laughs) like a big metal building. It, it was shaking, and then it was settled settled down, and one of the security guards on stage was like, just wait. There's always a second one. I'm like, what? He's like, when there's first, there's always a second. I'm like, he's a local. He knows what he's talking about. So, And then, uh, yeah, it was, that was pretty scary. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, a couple years ago, we had Mark Guest Scott on and asked him the same thing, and he kind of said the same thing about 13 years back, and this is the first show. <laughs> we blew him away. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, man, we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and really looking forward to the, the solo album and the raw album and everything. And Thank you, man. Yeah. Well, I appreciate, appreciate talking and listening to me. I'll come back to once the record comes out and we'll talk about that and you know, whatever else I got going on. Yeah, that'll work. Ten more bands. <laughs> right. There you go. PJ Farley of Trickster and Raw. And of course, as you heard in there, Eric Martin band as well. I'd love to be able to see one of those shows someday, you know, getting to hear oh, Mr. Big and Trickster with the, yeah. all the guys involved. That's that, that would be, that would be something else. Yeah. That's still on my, uh, my bucket list. You know, that's like five or 10 bands. Mr. Big is one of them yep. that I've never got to see. That That's, I don't know. You might not ever see that. I don't yeah. know. It yeah, depends. I know. Depends. Hey, God damn, we might not ever see anything ever again. Who knows what's going <laughs> on? I know I don't. Let's try to. Let's try to be positive. Yeah, I think yeah, we will yeah, see. Yeah. We'll see Eric Martin Band one day, if not Mr. Big and Trickster or whoever. You know? Right, right. A huge thank you to PJ Farley for taking some time out there. You know, talked to him for about 40 minutes, I think, and some really cool stuff. And like he said there at the end, once he gets his uh, album out, he'll come back and talk more about that and whatever. So That's cool. Yeah, very glad to be able to get that one in. Like we said, our second member of Trickster. We had Mark Gus Scott on here, and it's been 
remember what episode, but that's been way back. Quite a while ago. Yeah, that was within the first year of the podcast, I think, and yep. we're now on the fifth year. But we talked about all that great stuff, and like we talked about in this episode, Human Era, a great, one of the better albums from bands from that era to come out in the past 10 to 15 years by yeah. far, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. Because I know we both, I mean, I, I still hold those first two albums, you know, like you would. Kind of yeah. near and dear, but right. I would almost say the Human Era is the best album they've ever done. I see. Okay. Just musically, just the best album. But I, you know, I still like the the debut in here. You know, probably a little more just because that's what we grew up with. Yeah. Anyway, check out Human Era if you hadn't. Check out that episode with Mark Gus Scott. We've also had on Bill Leverty of Firehouse and Joey Allen of Warrant. And along those lines. Frank Hannon of Tesla, Vivian Campbell of Def Leppard, Gene Simmons of Kiss. We talked a ton about Kiss there. Bruce Kulick. You know, we talked about him earlier. He's been on the show. Yeah. Dizzy Reed of Guns N' Roses. Mark Kendall of Great White's been on here a couple times. Guys from Bullet Boys, Junkyard, Lily and Axe. Long-ass list when it comes to that kind of music. And then we've also had on, like we said, Seven Dust. We have John Connolly on here. Found on guys from Megadeth, Prong, Shooter Jennings has been on here, Crushing Conformity, a long ass list, 700, 207, 700, 274 episodes you can go check we, out. I mean, uh, we just had Alex Skolnick on. Oh, yeah. I mean, shit. Yeah, how can you, how can I forget that? <laughs> Badass. Yeah. But you can check out all that stuff at most places podcasts are heard, except for Spotify. But, Pretty much everywhere else. We've also got episodes coming up with members of Enterprise Earth, Violent Idols, Dirty Rotten, and Mark Mingy. I always forget how to say his last name, but I think I heard him say Mingy. Does that sound right to you? Uh, I sure. I used to say Mingy, but see, I've heard I've heard it pronounced both ways. Who knows? But if that's you know whatever he said, you go with that. Yeah, I'll look it up again before it's his episode, so I don't mispronounce it in case he listens. But right. Mark from Metal Allegiance and BPMD just put out a great album a couple few weeks ago. Yes, they did. All right. Well, I guess that covers it for another episode, right? I once think so. Yeah. Once again, thank you to PJ Farley of Trickster and Raw. And thank you, as always, to Sunset Tattoo, Med Farm, DEB Concerts, and Hella Hot Hot Sauce. And until next time. Hope you're everything, man. And good luck this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thanks. We'll need yeah. it. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right. <laughs> Thunder Underground, y'all.